Welcome to the show. You can watch and subscribe to the Project FIA TV show on YouTube. Drop comments and questions to us on the podcast via Twitter. Our handle is Project FIA. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is Project FIA Goes PC. So, this is the 103rd episode of FI Goes PC, and as always, I'm your host, Rebel Zen, a.k.a. Danny Hale. Yeah, 103. We've broken the bank to get here. It's like going through the degree levels, and we're now 103 degrees. It's quite hot, and it's actually quite cold in England. We've had a bit of a return to the ice age, uh, a lot of rain, a lot of storms, uh, things like that are happening. I think we're just being visited by Chris Hemsworth and he's making another Thor movie, I'm guessing. They're stacking them up because you never know if we'll have another pandemic. Anyway, uh, yeah, lots to kind of discuss. A lot of sporty stuff to discuss this time around because, you know, the Olympics and all that stuff. And uh, we we obviously started the torch bearing when we were out there in Tokyo in 2019. Um, yeah, that's probably why there's been so many hiccups. Because we ran that torch everywhere, including indoors, set fire to a lot of buildings. It's not a good look, but it's a look that we created. Anyway, I'm not alone. There is my fire starter. She is here with us. Uh, our producer, Winifred, say hello. Hello. you, you got to stop starting fires. Fire starter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that song? Yeah. You just whenever you say fire start, you hear it in the back of your head, yep, don't you? Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, prodigy. Yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what some people call you. Um, I just call you psychic. Okay. But you're a work in progress because you can't remember people's faces. So mm-hmm. you can report their life, but you don't know how to connect the two. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's odd. I can start fires, though, so that's okay. Yeah, can you read cards? <laughs> what? Can you read cards? Are you a card reader? No. <laughs> Well, not even greeting cards. Um, There's words on them. Yeah, I can read birthday cards. That'd be a really weird psychic aid if you actually had greeting cards to aid you <laughs> in your psychicness. Because if, you know, you got like cards of funerals, mm. then that's an obvious give. Yeah. You know, yeah. I guess that's your start. And then you work all the way up to uh, normal playing cards. Normal playing cards. Yeah, oh. after the tarot. After the tarot. Uh, you go into like, uh, you know, poker. Mm. poker reading is that illegal I think that's illegal (laughs) (laughs) that's the edgy that's the edgy card readers Mm -hmm. Uh, don't know where this is going at all Uh, yeah it's a mystery I wonder if any other game bases you could actually use for a psychic medium like Monopoly well I don't get like reading tea leaves because that's just like oh if this leaf is on that leaf or if it's like like the Rorschach test, like the ink block test, where you just see things that you think are there. That's more of a psychological exam. No, I know, but I think <laughs> the tea leaf tea thing is kind of from that idea. No, no, it's from runes. Really? It's from rune reading. So you're trying to read letters in the tea leaves? No, it's where they fall. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like Usually I just pick up the packet and there's a lot of words on it. <laughs> I like the On pictures. Tea. Yeah. It depends what it's easy to read tea leaves now. They've got like pretty colours and grey. Descriptions on how to make a cup of tea. That's a green sad tea. When you've got descriptions. <laughs> this is how you make a appropriate cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of teas in America aren't actually tea. 
They're fusions, but they're not tea. Yeah, because technically, if it's like uh, herbal teas, it doesn't contain tea. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. it's one of these things like if you don't have the ingredient, it isn't the ingredient, you know? Yeah, I guess Like white the... chocolate. Can't be. <laughs> Can't be white chocolate, can it? Because there's no cocoa in that. Yeah, so, yeah you know. I, I object to that. Yeah, it's white stuff. <laughs> it's... Um... Anti-chocolate, they should call it. Sweetened milky candy. It's everything but the cocoa and milk chocolate mm. is what it is. Yeah. But what you should call it is anti-chocolate. Anti it's a better marketing ploy. Yeah. Yeah. It's the anti-chocolate chocolate. Mm. Yeah. Like the anti-teas of America. <laughs> Which just sounds like your aunt's coming over for tea. Anti-tea. Yeah. Yeah. Anti-tea. Anti-tea. <laughs> it's not a country in Africa. I don't know. <laughs> I've lost count. Talking about countries in Africa, how many of them are in the Olympics? Quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty good turnout. Yeah. It's an interesting one, though, isn't it? I, I've got to confess, I've only seen one highlight in the whole thing, and mm. that was the skateboarding ah. with the young Japanese lad taking gold yeah. for street skateboarding, which was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It's like playing Tony Hawk's for 20 seconds. Yeah. Because you get to do one run, mm. and it's off a, I think the one I saw was off a grind rail. Yeah. And it was like one transition, like 20-second Tony Hawk's. It's like Tony Hawk's on TikTok, is how <laughs> yeah. I'd call it. Yeah. yeah. For the girls skateboarding, I think it was a young Japanese girl who won as well. So they got Didn't see two. it. Yeah. Didn't see it. Okay. But it's quite interesting that they're uh, rolling a lot of gold 13 medals. 13 years old, something like that. What, the skateboarding? Yeah. Nah, it's older than that. Goes no, back when I was a kid. the winner. The winner? <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, I'll take your word for it. I haven't seen. Mm. But, um, you know, it's it's just interesting to have in the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, it's it's all quite weird. I, I What did you think of the opener? Um, it was a lot more dancey than I expected it to be, I guess. I just thought it was really held back. Yeah. Like it was it was subdued in a weird sense. Like I feel like the Tokyo Olympic Commission paid this enormous amount of money and Tokyo is just going to use it to rebuild all the areas that need to rebuild in, in the city. <laughs> yeah, rather than putting it in the performance. It wasn't It wasn't a big budget performance, <laughs> no, was it? No, it wasn't. I think the <laughs> highest wasn't. budget thing I saw was a shadow play they did at yeah, the start. that was fun. Where the guy turns into a tree. Uh, which, uh, yeah, a seed. A, a budding seed. Yeah, it's a metaphor, an active a, metaphor. Yeah, if you don't like symbol. metaphors, you won't like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just think it was Groot behind him. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. I, I didn't take the metaphor as they sold it. Yeah. Like it's a sapling that grows into yeah, hope. hope and... I didn't see that. Life. And... I saw that the guy's an alien and he's part tree. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a shadow. <laughs> or a ninja. Maybe it's tree jitsu. Like how in monster movies you look in the, the mirror and you see the true self. <laughs> yeah, only he's a sapling. Yeah, and in his shadow. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's his spirit animal. <laughs> a, oh a sapling God. tree growing into the future. Mm. Now, I kind of see that every day because we live in a forest where people turn into <laughs> trees every day. It's uh, spontaneous tree combustion, we uh -huh. call it. Some people are trees. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's, it's an interesting thing because we're actually expanding our treehouse mm. in the next couple of weeks. Yes. So it's roughly a month away from completion where we have this dastardly plan. I don't know if anyone listening is old enough to remember like games like Warcraft. Not the stupid World of Warcraft that I, I wouldn't go near. 
because uh, you get addicted to it and it's wrong. Hmm. Um, no, just Warcraft, where it was kind of like you got all these games like Civilization. Ah, uh, I played Civilization 2. And did you? Yeah. You played Civilization 2? Yeah, the, just the second one, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant you played Civilization 2. As well. <laughs> uh, with what? On a computer. I played Uncivilization, which is the British version, <laughs> where everyone just goes around being a yob. It's uh, it's kind of like GTA, uh. but you build gangs, right? And then uh, you attack buildings. So imagine all the protests you see around the world. Mm -hmm. Very much like that. It's kind of the uh, influence. Uncivilization is a good mm. game uh, that only I have played because it's in my head. But you know, anyway, when you're crafting bases, mm. we are doing the like. It's kind of like the skateboarding in the Olympics, the twenty-second version of that kind of a game because we we're not building too much. Mm. Uh, we don't have the resources. A lot of the stuff we're using is just fallen tree people that we're uh, using <laughs> as building materials. We don't like to cut rainforest down because honestly, rainforest should rain on. That's they're, they're the highest forest you can have. They're the kings of forests or queens, okay, or anything in between. Yeah, mm. the rain of the forest. Does it rain in rainforest? Yes. Is that the point of them? Yes. It's not just collected humidity. That's Condensation. Well, the, the rain creates um, the humidity it, because I, of the climate. But is it like there's a permanent rain cloud over the rainforest? Not permanent, no. So it's only a, occasionally it a, a rainforest, like any other forest. Yeah. <laughs> occasionally it rains at this forest.com. Um, there's a lot of rainforests. You only know, the, the saddest thing is, before anyone chopped the rainforest down, you only knew the Amazon mm. and didn't know any others. But there's apparently quite a lot. Like, there's a load in uh, Madagascar. Yeah. They're all kind of going yeah. faster than anything. Yep, yep, yep. And it's, uh, it's a bit of a hypocrisy because the UK, as I've said previously, uh, many a time, is, was at one point mostly forest, mm -hmm. right? And we cut it all down to build the landscape and the farmlands and stuff like mm -hmm. this. So a lot of these countries are saying stuff like, well, we need farmland too. We can't grow everything yeah. in a forest. Can't no, grow you anything can't. really. No. Mushrooms and truffles and uh, monkeys you can grow. You can grow monkeys. Yeah, grow monkeys in the forest. Mm -hmm. A rainforest, mm -hmm. not a normal forest. <laughs> I'd be a bit confused. Can you imagine that if you went to Sherwood Forest and it was and overrun? A bunch of monkeys. By chimpanzees. Chimpanzee mm -hmm. forest of Sherwood. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's one of these weird sort of gray areas. Right. Because I, I remember watching some of the BBC throughout just to make us feel really good about our lives not so long ago. Because <laughs> the, the news is really good at telling you upbeat positive stories. And not. the one I was talking about was having to move the capital city in Indonesia. Oh, yeah. Because of the amount of uh, flooding. Mm -hmm. So they were going to cut down a huge segment of the rainforest to put the new city. And I'm like, well, that's counterintuitive mm. so all the british journalists are trying to make the point of saying well isn't that going to make it worse mm -hmm. and i'm just like you know we don't really have a leg to stand on a lot of these political issues but one thing i am very curious about is why governments around the world seem to elect specific stuff like oh you know petrol yeah and and fossil fuels is the main cause of all this so we've got to go alternative fuel yeah which a lot of them have stakes in, let's be honest, uh, which is annoying to the vegans that run the companies because having stakes in a company is, <laughs> if you're vegan, is just not, it's not good. 
you know. It is political. I mean, like, uh, I just saw uh, someone make, make a comment on, like, oh, look, we're saving the earth by, like, uh, not using plastic straws. We're using, like, paper straws. And then there's, like, it's attached to a video of, like, this whole plane that's just covered in tires, like, discarded tires, and it's just, like, horrible. Well, was it being ironic? Yeah. That's a picture, right, yeah. I see, because yeah. I can't see how those two things correlate. No. <laughs> Oh, look, we're using paper straws and a bunch like, of tires. Yeah, no, but like politically speaking. I understand. Speaking, yeah. No, the, the, the politics is focused on, I think, quite a lot of the wrong stuff. Mm -hmm. Like you'd think instead of having all these wars and skirmish battles that everyone's having, it would be in the world's interest to actually attack the deforestations yeah. and actually start trying to regrow them. Yeah. It's a little bit of a serious point, this, but it's kind of like if you see the logic of everything, if you take away all the trees, there's no cover for the rain, so then obviously land will flood. Essentially, you'll change the landscape of or, places. Or drought will happen. Or drought you know? will happen. Yeah. Both of those have happened in the past, mm -hmm. uh, as well as the future. Uh, I've been to both. Will, will happen in the future. No, I've been to both, so I can tell you in the future it'll happen. You're a time traveler. Yeah, there's drought beer, the which is like you pull a thing and there's nothing not comes out. Giraffe is giraffe. It's got nothing to do with a giraffe. What are you talking about? <laughs> giraffe beer. Really? Is that a thing? It must be a tall glass. Um, They've got massive tongues, giraffes. They do. Go right down to the old uh, bottom of the glass. I'm sure. But uh, you were talking about draft beer, weren't you? Which is no, the, you were. No, you were. Which is no, you. The, the beer you have when it's cold in a room, isn't it? It's it's the um it's the not so polished version. No, it's cold when you have it because there's a draft, <laughs> right? Or either it's conscribed to the, join the army at a certain <laughs> age. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Can you imagine fighting fighting a war with beer? That'd be an interesting one. I was uh, going with a final draft beer. I don't like craft beer, though. Craft beer? It won't stop knitting. It's so <laughs> annoying. Ah, oh, just sits in the corner knitting. What can oh, you do about it? Ah, oh, too many beers on this planet. What what happened to lager as well? Because lager, mm. when I was a kid, was it was sold. Most beers were sold as lager. Yeah. Which isn't a great name. It seems like kind of an odd Thing, but it's lighter it's not hopsy it's not like ales is lager not a type of beer beer when i was a kid was defined by being the step between a lager and a uh, an ale like a stout oh. like something hard so it was less uh fizzy and it was more intense yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of craft beers are like that mm. i don't know why they're all indian pale ales that's gone over my head a bit because to me that was always hogarden Mm. But that to me had a totally different flavor. A lot of pale ales to me, or like Indian IPAs in America, just taste like European lagers. Mm. You know, I wouldn't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I have no clue what I'm talking about. I don't Neither drink beer. Really drinks. So. I, I cook with it occasionally. Yeah. Uh, when I'm making, you know, those chickens you roast in a pot uh... of beer. Beer steamed chicken, yeah. Yeah, whatever it is. And then they fly out. Like, yeah. you, you, you're meant to kill the chicken first. <laughs> uh, I, that, that bit went over me because I was trying to do the vegetarian <laughs> option where you just kind of make an alcoholic egg mm -hmm. happen. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, raise the kids right, is what I say. Mm -hmm. um, and they just fly off, I've noticed. They just fly off. I wouldn't do that. There's, you know, like, when you cook it and there's, like, different levels of cooking... And that's the kind of, I don't want to sound bad because there's a lot of US people listening here, but it's kind of like the trailer park life. 
of cooking, <laughs> you know, like most people. It, yeah, it's simple. Yeah. Yeah. You open a can of beer, you stick the chicken sit, sitting on top of the beer, and then it kind of steams Well, it's usually like in, in, there was a cooking show in the USA, and I forget, it could be Frontier Chef or whatever they call it. Mm. It was so, it was like literally how you cook sort of in the bush of America. Yeah. <laughs> in the outback of the USA. Um, and it was kind of like... Well, it's not exactly refined, is it? Well, it's like you get this massive uh, empty oil barrel. Yeah. Like, because we've all got those lying around. <laughs> right? There's a lot of stuff that's so unique to America. Like, all drum barrels mm. are mm. very American. You yeah. don't really see them in the UK. Not sure why. Probably because we've rationed our oil because we don't own it all. Mm. But in America, it's quite, it's always there. Castrol and all of these, you see them everywhere. Yeah. And you see like an empty one of them, they're, they're quite commonplace. They have the top lifted off and they just chuck a bunch of oil in the thing and basically use it as a barbecue or yeah. a deep fryer. And it always fascinated me until Pete showed me, as in our unicorn slayer, mm -hmm. which we have seen. We, we saw him recently, which was amazing. Um, he's doing well, folks, just in case you cared. <laughs> but um, he basically found it's not the whole oil drum. You basically build it yourself. It's like the Ikea of oil drum barbecues. Oh. So it's all kind of, it all kind of um, gets telescopic, and then you pull it up. Right. It's intriguing. Collapsible. Collapsible, which means that they've taken redneck, what the obvious redneck thing to do that I've partaken in is rip part of your fence down and use it as a grill. Mm -hmm. You know, like <laughs> that's how you make pizza in, in Texas, you know, like just chuck it on the old bonfire that you create in your garden. Fire starter. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a trend. Um, <laughs> but basically, like, it's always fascinating me that, you know, a lot of this stuff is becoming... Because it's for some reason it's sort of gone into the hipster crowd. Mm. So a lot of stuff that is it makes total sense in America, you'd never see in the UK now is appearing here in these weird IKEA kit bags. Mm. It's very strange. Yeah, it's always funny, isn't it? Because like I always acknowledge that when you know the moonshine culture of America, yeah, where it was like prohibition and you couldn't have alcohol and it was super illegal, and so you had underground underground <laughs> you know craft spirits yeah literally uh ghosts that you know uh create little bags and stuff what craft spirits oh. and they're crafty too they're right cunning little <sighs> ghosts um but basically you add a lot of that mm. and nowadays we sell that at christmas here yeah. by your dad uh you know Bottle of moonshine. I don't know, like a moonshine kit that's meant to be whiskey, but of course they don't get it right, so but it turns a... into like methylated spirits. Yeah, isn't that gross though? Because it's just basically... <laughs> There's, the whole thing has been like DIY gin yeah. kits because of Peaky Blinders. Yeah. Gin just went ex insane Yeah, now you got like UK. gin bars and everything. Yeah? Mm. Yeah. Gin cocktails. You got, you got, you can join a gym. Join a gym. That's a gym. What? Gym. No, you can join it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gordon's gin. Gordon's gym. Gin. Gym. What are you talking about? Gin. Isn't it a card game? What? Gin. He's also in Tekken. Kazuma. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of gins around. But um, too many gins. Get a better name. But you get a lot of these craft kits, a lot of beer making kits and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. um, it's all getting rather weird. I got an itchy foot. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Ah, I got that cheap up. Ah, I got that cheap up. Sorry. So I've experienced the hipster culture and I don't really know what it is because to me, it incorporates almost everything. Mm. So like if you've got a beard and a twirled moustache and you're a little vaudeville and you're a hipster. Mm. If you're into steampunk, you're a hipster. Right. That's Victorian chic. You know, it's not quite Victoria's Secret. Victoria's she Secret. knows about it. I still don't know what it is. I've gone into the shop many a time and asked and they just look <sighs> at me like, why are you in here? I often think to myself, why am I here? I don't know. But um, there's a lot of kind of amalgamation. It almost feels like it's all of the alternative cultures wrapped up into one. Because mm. a lot of it just looks like, I always terminalize it in the UK, especially that it looks like the old black and white photographs of your grandparents or your great grandparents when they were younger. Right. It's all the fashion from back then. Yeah. And I never looked at those once and said, oh, that'll be a thing. Mm, fashion is cyclical, though. So, I mean, it's odd. It just feels odd. It feels like people are programmed into these things rather than it's a natural progression. Maybe it's a yearning for the past or something, you know? I don't think so. Because if you talk to anyone that's in it, they don't. It's one of these things that's happening in our current times where they, no one really knows why they do it. Mm. Like, why is there suddenly so many Turkish barbershops around the world? Why is that a thing? Yeah. Like, it, it seems like there's this imbalance of thought. Like, someone does it, makes a ton of money, and then it becomes literally just how it is. Mm. You know? But yeah. it's, it's weird. Some places do alcohol. Some places, like in America, like a lot of the um, yeah. the big branded super barbershops now. Yeah. And they've got a whole culture. This is the thing that's different. See, in America, the culture was always um, sort of black America thing. The barbershop was yeah, really it was big. More like a, a community, like kind together. Of, I mean, if you watch Luke Cage, it's, you know, depicted in real life. <laughs> Uh, but there was a lot of <laughs> that's a that's a marvel series on netflix uh -huh. if you didn't know who luke cage was i'm not watching a guy called luke cage out no. the window it's actually a character but basically a lot of barbershop stuff that i know of in the usa is black american yeah it's sort of taken over from that kind of uh colonial thing yeah because it was a big deal in the uk like that's why we have a story of sweeney todd mm -hmm. which is now a musical it's such a good story they could sing about it you know, we, we've had this culture of that. And then for a while, a barbershop was just where dudes had their haircut and mm. there was nothing special about it. And then it went really fashionable because of all the staged stuff and yeah, all of the, the fades yeah. and all of this kind of stuff that was, again, black culture. So it's kind of gone all over the place. But now, apparently, the Turkish are the best at it in the world. Mm. I thought the Italians had that before. It's, it's a very odd thing. Yeah. It's like each country has this kind of rebirth of fashion because an ally hipster was someone that wasn't, they almost looked like they were um, in a kind of 50s gangster film, mm. like pinstripes and fedoras yeah. and all this kind of stuff, maybe a beard. It was almost like if you put a hippie, like a Charles Manson hippie, in a gangster outfit mm. is where it was. But now it's sort of becoming this culture of like shaved heads or nowhere and big beards and stuff that mm. the world has got. Or Peaky Blinders. Do you think all the weird stuff will come back? Like 80s hair? Like eventually? I in the don't future? know. Like <laughs> it's one of these things because I don't know where it came from. Mm. That's the point. I can't pinpoint it because I just know I grew up with a very beardy family 
in black and white, so everyone's got the handlebars and all of this stuff, and it's like 1930s, you know. <laughs> but it didn't look like something like it's almost like you're looking at frontier pictures in America where yeah. everyone's like cowboys and weird stuff. It's almost like you never look at that and go, that's definitely a fashion, I'll be back. Mm. And it hasn't happened in a natural way. It's just suddenly everyone was doing it, you know. One thing that came out of it, it's, this is the subculture of weird cultures. What came out of it was the Viking comeback. Mm. That's now a thing. Yeah. And it's, it's so odd to me. Like, I don't know quite what's happening. It almost feels like there's meant to be some kind of like, right, well, we're in the 20s. So let's go back to the 20s, the 1920s or the mm. 1820s, whichever you'd prefer, right? It just seems like people aren't moving forwards in any particular way. It just makes me think of um, uh, the Hunger Games because they had elements of sort of Well, that's all the kitsch stuff. Punk. That's all the kitsch stuff. That's, yeah. again, a throwback Victorian colonialization kind of era. Yeah. Um, which... I don't really see, like, maybe that's the influence of, but I mean, even in that, they were wearing, like, medieval wigs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, high, high duke them. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's the film. Yeah. I'm not sure what the book says. No, it's it's similar. Is, so, has the yeah. book got pictures? No. Because I wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, it's describing it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's is in it? the, yeah. the novel. Yeah, I'd have skipped over it. I'd have thought <laughs> everyone's just wearing, you know, bear outfits. That'd have been a weird film. So is anyone hungry in it? A lot of people. Right. Starvation. Hunger Games is almost <laughs> like the opposite the of a outskirts. drinking game, isn't it? It's like playing Twister and every time you move, you get a slice of chicken. Mm. I don't know. It's like all you can eat, but slowly. It's like a buffet drinking game, Hunger Games. Mm. What? I don't know. Buffet. I haven't read it. You know, like, you know how it's like... You uh, you do a lot of silly stuff, and if you the last one to do it, yeah, you have to take a drink, mm -hmm. which I always do with water. So I'm obviously good to go for a thousand years. But if you're playing with vodka, it, it rip you apart. Yeah, with you could do it with chicken wings. So every time you mess up, you have a bite of chicken wing. But you'd want to mess up then, would you? Yeah, it depends if you're vegetarian. So you can eat more chicken wings. Yeah. <laughs> Vegetarians don't like that game. They have salary. Salary? If they're paid annually. Um, <laughs> where were we? So, yeah, the, the whole thing, I don't understand it, but it's sort of like the whole world is swaying into this. I guess every generation's got a bit of that, but I remember growing up in a world where everything was way more diverse, you know? Mm. I wonder if it's because we know so much more about, like, other places that old things from other places are coming back. It's not happening internationally. Like internationally, if you go to the Middle East, mm. certain uh, places in the Middle East that aren't stringent, such as like Dubai, you'll see the same sort of hipster that you'll see in the UK, but they'll be from Dubai. Right. So fade hair, all of the stuff, the little handlebar moustache, mm -hmm. it's universally a look, which... I'm sure has happened inside the 40s. That happened quite a lot in, in wartime. You got mm -hmm. pictures of vintage Hong Kong and people look almost the same as, say, English women and dudes walking around in the same sort of attire. That's probably the wealth statement because I think if you went to Vietnam, they wouldn't. Mm. But we're at this point where the world's getting so rich that the richest elements of each country are just borrowing the look. 
you know, if, if they're in a sense free? Um, I think it's down to two things, Americanization and internet. But is it is it all American? <laughs> it feels like it's it's hard to pinpoint. I think America popularized it. Whether or not it came from them is debatable. It's difficult. Mm. It's a difficult thing. I don't know where. And it, it feels like it's an anthem for where things are going, though, because like I always look at the world right now, and there's a lot of uh, power of suggestion which is probably at an all-time high because of the internet. Mm -hmm. So it might not even be a national influence. It might just be an internet influence, yep. right? Yep. Um, like all the selfie craze. Mm -hmm. Like it's so weird to me because when I was used to be on social media, you'd see some really obscure countries doing the same sort of selfies you'd see coming out of New York, yeah. like angels on a wall and yeah. you're in like the middle of a war zone in Syria or something. You're like, how is that possible? Mm. But this is how... It, it's becoming this kind of universal world. Mm. Um, it must be essentially the internet. But I, I do feel like the thing that I'm looking at is that um, the diversity is falling apart. Mm. Where people are so obsessed now with resegregating and relabeling and stuff. It's almost the counterintuitive freedom, you know. Mm. If you ever watch uh, or read 1984. Yes. Which is a book that was written before 1984. Uh, it was, it was a future, in the 50s, 60s. Yeah, exactly. It was a future prediction. Mm -hmm. No one could have seen hipsters. They, they missed <laughs> it. Then. No one could have seen David Bowie. He missed that. No one could have seen, uh, you know, the uh, the brilliant computers that we had in the eighties. It's a dystopia, not a prediction. It's See, not like he was reading. Tarot well, it could have cards. been. It could have been an alternative nineteen eighty four. Yeah. You know, which is what it should be relabeled. Just in case you think, you know. It's a historical account. Yeah. Yeah, for the aliens in the future, though, from Australian robots. But what I'm saying is, it feels like if you take the concept of dystopia, yeah. it becomes more segregating mm. and diversity fails. Culture becomes almost benign. Mm -hmm. It's like one whole culture. Yeah. And oppression is well usually if you have science fiction oppression or if you have novelized oppression mm -hmm. it's usually one place yeah and they never mention it. it's like the walking dead mm -hmm. we're only in georgia yeah and sometimes you get a new show in la and there might be a new show in sydney australia i don't know where the next one will be but it's not very incorporating so you don't really know what the world looks like in mm -hmm. these things there's a suggestion but you don't really know yeah. they've tried in independence day by that they made America win and the rest <laughs> of us just got blown out of the planet, you know. Because I remember London just being completely destroyed in that. Mm. It's, it's easier on the money. It's less money to blow up London for a film. <laughs> it's dead cheap to okay. do it. So many people have tried. Um, <laughs> but basically, it was in, it was in Ontario, Canada. Mm. It's not the UK, London. So if you're worrying, it's not our capital <sighs> city. It was in Canada. You can't, the budget doesn't spread that far. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, basically what I'm trying to say is the concept of all of this kind of stuff, it always feels to me is fascinating because it, you never had the internet incorporated in any science fiction yet. Even like the recent stuff, Terminator doesn't really go there. It talks about AI yeah. more than it does the internet. Yeah. Like there's all of these kind of concepts where you think, oh, you know, um, you've got like, the future's the aliens take over. The Matrix kind of probably does talk about the alternative life that the internet could give us and mm. the best virtual reality game of all time, making us batches for robots, that kind of a thing. But it's very non-global. 
Yeah, it's not seeing what we're commenting on, like the homogenization of everyone on the internet. Yeah, and it, it's funny because, you know, all of these people are protesting the, the, the big sort of word in the street and all the kids are like wanting to be free and mm. they want us to um, have the freedom to do whatever. The, the freedom doesn't come with then going 10 steps backwards, labeling everything and then creating segregation, which is what's currently happening. Mm. You know, like there's big segregations happening. It's like early days. It's almost odd. It's like you go too far the wrong way and you end up at a really bad conclusion. Mm. And then all the conspiracies that are pretty much mysterious fiction become right. Mm. All the predictions become accurate. Like Skynet in Terminator was never called Elon Musk. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And he wasn't a cool guy that gave us all these amazing vehicles mm -hmm. and uh, was at the forefront of alternative energy, going back to that. But the structure is similar. Right. Yeah. And yet, you know, Tony Stark is more accurate to that because mm. he gave us all, he was a weapons dealer, though. I wonder if Elon's doing that on the side. <laughs> but the psycho, <laughs> I was watching him, it was on the. Uh, a while back, Joe Rogan made the contrast that he was the real-life Tony Stark. Mm. And at no point did he turn around and say, I don't weapons trade. Though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so maybe he does. Who knows? Um, but what I'm trying to say is this, this whole thing, I'm seeing a pattern. It's like this huge arc of a pattern where things are becoming so disgust. It's setting really bad stuff happening in motion again. Right. Right? Like... I know we're putting out like hipsters is the root of all evil in that regard, mm. essentially. <laughs> well, it's just odd. It's odd to me. Like it doesn't, you know, like there's so many things like music sort of when you were young in my generation, you walk around it, everyone was in band shirts. or there was some yeah. kind of band shirt thing going on and mm. it was loyalties and you would always see it. There was like a whole section of every city around the world. That would have band culture. So you'd go and see like a Doors, like Jim Morrison thing, a Bob Marley thing. There'd be a lot of uh, merchandise, some of it legal, some of it bootlegged, mm -hmm. you know. And then that sort of turned into kind of like quip T-shirts. What you used to see in a Florida surf shack, like, you know, this guy needs a hug, stuff like this. Yeah. Which became huge part of like geek culture, which was pushed all over the place. Mm -hmm. That was Americanization working its magic in famous sitcoms and stuff like this. It's all sort of gone to this point now where it's so eclectic. The same kids that used to beat me up for wearing, say, a Marilyn Manson T-shirt or whatever, Metallica or Slayer or whatever, when I was a kid, mm -hmm. are the same guys going to like their shops, be it River Island, which is now pretty much closed around the UK, or New Look or Next or top man or whatever mm. and it's become a chic thing mm. a collector's item yeah so it's almost like all these band things are now worn by the people that used to beat us up as kids mm. wearing the same stuff because yeah. it's part of mainstream it's, fashion it's become mainstream it's no yeah. longer alternative it's such a weird thing you know yeah. and yet that's where it's gone and died yeah like it doesn't exist outside of this fashion circuit now mm. it's not a culture anymore yeah it's a thing you wear and it's, it's now being replaced by Marvel. It's now being replaced by anime shirts. Like mm. the, when you see the equivalent of a goth in my day, which was all like, um, you know, death metal, black metal, uh, The Cure, mm. Joy Division, that sort of stuff. You're now seeing the same look, but they're wearing, say, 
a One Piece t-shirt or, yeah. or, or some kind of anime shirt. Mm. It's almost like the culture still represented, but it's evolved to a point where it's, it's more odd. eclectic. Yeah, because those same people will probably like Marvel, and they'll probably belong to two or three of the cultures, mm. as opposed to unify a single culture. Yeah, which is like I said, diversity is becoming three groups as opposed to six thousand groups, mm. and it's it's one of these things that I like just think about because it all comes from hipsters. Because when you're actually watching the Olympics, <laughs> and it's all going back to that, and all of the countries come out, you're seeing very, very different sort of, uh, to, to classically, if you go back to like the 50s and see all the countries and what they, they're, they're identifiable. Represent, yeah. yeah. Now it's becoming yeah. a blanket sort mm -hmm. of thing. And I want to... Everyone's wanna, got their phones. Yeah, everyone, that, that was really disappointing to see that. You know, like the fact that so many people are filming the crowd are filming themselves. Yep, selfies. You know, I can understand it, but it's it's there was no crowd for a start. Yeah. So why you film that? Yeah. There's like twelve people and a dog there. Um, Hachiko. I wonder if there was a crowd, there would be less phones. I'm not sure. No, it would have been worse. Yeah. It would have been worse. That it basically this is what I'm saying, the culture of the internet and, and cross media. Um, is like basically if you think about football, American football, basketball, all the big names will do that. Yeah. It'll be part of their shtick now. Some people have done it in celebration, ran to grab their phone to mm -hmm. show off about the goal they scored. I think Mario Balotelli did it, yeah. uh, Italian footballer, back uh, 2012 or something. Now, I understand it. I understand that you would want to capture the moment, but it's becoming a weird thing because if you're in the audience, how many people are actually documenting what they're seeing now with mm -hmm. phones yep. rather than actively being there? Everyone's a journalist. It's, it's odd. Yeah. It's like the athletes are filming themselves. The audience are filming themselves. The TV camera crew are filming it mm. so we can see it. And we're filming ourselves watching it. <laughs> yeah. I mean... We uh, are contributing to Big Brother. How close are <laughs> we to exactly? How close are we to dystopia? Mm -hmm. You know, where were you then? You know, and then everyone posts it all on the internet, like it's going to be any different. Various you know? perspectives of the same event. But it's 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 all these things, and I've been thinking about this a lot. And so when the uh, the the teams came in, all the countries came in. What was really fascinating to me is the only nation on the planet that had the etiquette to bow to Japan as they came out was Ireland. And I wanted to say particularly that was really impressive mm -hmm. for me um, because it felt, it just felt perfect, Yeah, you know, and I, I wish more countries would have followed suit, yeah. but everyone's so selfish, self-obsessive world, you know, mm -hmm. it's such a weird thing to witness. Mm -hmm. it, it, I'm not going to put them down. It's, it's, you know, it is what it is, but yeah. It's like you're just seeing a lot of these signs are indicating the end of separation anyway. Mm -hmm. One thing I will say in the Olympics, which is really encouraging, is how many multi-ethnicities are actually in it now. Mm -hmm. In most teams. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a few teams that are all one. Yeah. There's a few African teams that have a couple of white dudes in it. I don't know why and how much they <laughs> pay them. <laughs> Um, but they're there. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're all in the events that black people don't tend to do, like the shooting events. Because no. black people use spears and bows and arrows because <laughs> they've got more talent and skill. But uh. we white dudes need, you know, automatic weaponry. Mm -hmm. I've always thought that'd be an interesting one. Like if you mix it up a bit, 
like you can pick your weapon to do like the pigeon shooting kite what? pigeon shooting not the real pigeon no, shooting no because you need to have like guidelines and stuff no rocket launcher <sighs> brilliant talking about weapons we got a gold hong kong got their second gold historically no, no one cares that was mostly computer programming, wasn't it? No. How fast you can type. No. How, how quick you can work out the accounts. No. Was that it? The first gold we ever got was in 96 when I was a kid. For like, I think it was windsurfing or something. But that was, that was the this first... This year's was for fencing. But that was the first gold you got from the frontier of America, surely. That you found in California in the gold rush. Was that it? No. No? You actually got metal, you're mm, talking about, gold mm, metal. They're mm. not real. They've got chocolate inside. How do you know? I don't. I'm presuming. Uh, what did you get it in? Uh, fencing. Oh, putting fences up? Yeah. Really? In the back garden? Yeah. <laughs> That's only because your numbers are more than most. Mm-hmm. And actually, the uh, <laughs> I think we got uh, a couple silvers as well for swimming, and the, the girl who won it uh, is half Irish, but she's to- like... From Hong she, Kong. Yeah, she so yeah, that's the one that the Irish Siobhan are trying to claim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Her Chinese is super good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I watched an interview. Like, oh, yeah, I, cool. I watched you watch the interview. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Sounded like she was really Irish. I couldn't understand her no, accent. No, she's speaking in Cantonese. Really? Yeah. They do that in Ireland. Um, There's a lot of Irish links to China at the moment, isn't yeah, there? Yeah. Because the mayor of Dublin. Yeah. The yeah. ex-mayor. I think they have a ex-mayor. new one now. Yeah. Their former mayor of Dublin is also, uh, has links in Irish Hong Kong. Chinese. Yeah. Or Irish Hong Kongese. Uh, she was, I think she was born in Dublin. So she's first generation. Fascinating. Irish. So, you know, talking about the swimming events, Britain's won a lot of the golds yep. in, in yep. mostly yep. swimming yep. events. Mm-hmm. And the reason a lot of people are asking, why are we so good at swimming events? Well, because of Brexit. Because of we, we've been practicing so much for if it all went wrong, we Swimming have to escape. And... Just get anywhere except for <laughs> the UK. Like if it goes wrong, we have to swim to Iceland or yeah. uh, Ireland or any other land. Uh-huh, France. Uh-huh. It's kind of dangerous France land. though. France land. I think we should rename all the countries next to our country. Yeah. Isn't it weird how we presume country names from our own language? Mm-hmm. That's another thing that's weird. Mm. Because the map should look different in every language, yeah. right? So there's no monopoly on it. So it's kind of like that simulation of if there are aliens. Because what? obviously we call Mars Mars, and if there were Martians, they oh. wouldn't call it Mars. Yeah. And they'd have a language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that was interesting with the, with the African countries that were coming out. A few of them had changed their names from what was an anglicized name to... Something well, new. yeah, but in, in in or gone back to original yeah, roots, yeah, yeah. or split it to north, south, south, north, north, yeah. north, north, south, southwest, west, west, south, south, east, central, yeah. and one's a republic and one's just like Congo. Congo yeah, is so Congo. So much things are happening over there. And there's the the Democratic Republic of of Congo. I don't know if it's democratic. It's the DR or whatever it is. Yeah, there's a few. And then there's the uh, Congo light. And then there's Congo, <laughs> Congo with cherry, Congo with lime, uh, uh, vanilla Congo. You know what? That's else a was... great name for a nightclub, vanilla Congo. Vanilla Congo. <laughs> yeah, isn't that be good? <laughs> the oh. al- albino king Congo. Oh my god, that's a good drink name. I was gonna say, you know what else is weird in terms of like um, 
Because you guys have uh, racked up quite a few medals as well, right? And so we stole them, I'll stole. be honest. Pete <laughs> and I put them in our suitcases and just gave them. The medal chart, traditionally, like the, the, the country at the top is, um, they count it by most gold medals. So traditionally yep. speaking, around I the think, world, yep. uh, they do, you know, top gold and then whatever, right? Everywhere in the world except America... If you go on any American website, they actually chart it by total. Yeah, but I think medals. I think so... <laughs> I actually think America's right. Really? Because the person, the the nation that wins the Olympics is the total medals won. No, it's it's the, it's uh, maximum gold. Is it? Yeah. Well, America's got a bunch of silvers, so in their own charts, they're at the top. But in other countries that count golds they're not i thought it was like a collective like you get points per like a certain medals worth a certain amount of points no they should do that if they did that it would be fair too but it would be a way better olympics total. to be honest yes but japan's doing really well yeah which i'm super impressed about yeah japan's doing well. they're, they're they're either ahead or behind china they're depending behind, on the day but of the week they got like i don't know eight i think in judo Oh, well, that's cheating, though, isn't it? Because it's theirs? It's theirs. But it's funny, also... though, because England hasn't got anything that's really English. I think we'd, we're good at Aquarian stuff, because we invented a lot of that. Our sports aren't worth, <laughs> really... Equestrian. Yeah, Aquarium. Equestrian. Aquarium horse Equ racing. <laughs> yeah. <What>? Seahorses. <laughs> you ride them. Yeah, I didn't know that. What they played back in Atlantis. What? What are you going on about? You're actually crying. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> it's too stupid for you. Aquarium horse racing. It's how long your your horse can swim for. Honestly, wouldn't it be good if you had the animal Olympics? That would be an amazing Olympics. We we we're, we're too obsessed with human Olympics. We should have animal Olympics. Think about it. Mm -hmm. Like uh, crocodiles swimming in a pool. I don't think they care. It would be wicked for timing. But would it be? You like... should. You could do it like Noah's Ark and have like things matching things to see how fast they but are. But what would you? What would win? I mean, are you? Are I you saying know. animals well, from different countries? Done. Yeah, we could do that. Or that would animal... be really lame, though. Yeah, because you don't have. No, it'd actually be quite close to accurate. Think about it, because all of the super tropical places and the massive countries usually get the biggest amount of medals golds in the olympics so it wouldn't change much you know because china's got a huge wildlife mm -hmm. america huge wildlife russia huge wildlife right yeah. and then it would be interesting because obviously um so they have different varied well you wouldn't you couldn't cheat you couldn't have a bear <laughs> that was in say like westminster zoo you couldn't have that Why? westminster zoo's parliament just so you know there's a bunch of animals in parliament yeah yeah most of the animals rule this nation. Uh, <laughs> the people are just the faces of them. It's <laughs> sometimes hard to They're tell. They're all animals. It's why Planet of the Apes is starting to pass, because if you look at Boris Johnson, it's, yeah, it's blatantly involved chimp with a mop on his head. <laughs> I don't know. But what I'm saying, wouldn't it be interesting if you had the Animal Olympics? For example, right? Because a lot of people are going to say, yeah, but if you put a shark against a crocodile against an otter, they're all going to try and eat the otter. But that's yeah. why you thats why you do the glass partitions. That's what you do after COVID. Because all of these glass partitions, all of these like plastic partitions that are everywhere. I have a question then. You reuse them. 
But then... For the Animal Olympics. Would you be able to use an animal that was imported from a different country no, that's, to represent you, no, the country? No, it has to be national... Native. Uh, it has to be... No, because you, you can cheat then. You can have that's a panda I mean. that was born in London. No, 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 no. It has to be an animal from your animal resources of the nation. For example, England doesn't have a lot. So for like the swimming events, we'd have to have something like a whale or something. We might have sharks that are actually indigenous. But what, if, what about migration? Animals migrate too, so... Well, will you include the immigrants? No, no, they're part-timers. <laughs> no, you have to have a fully-fledged of that. It, it would be more of an accurate Olympics. Think about it. Well, like you could have like Siberian foxes yeah. doing something. So we could, we in Hong Kong could have wild boar. If they're indigenous, but they, yeah, they, they have, they, but they have to be, in, no, 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 no. Cause pink dolphins. Cause what you've got to understand is wild boars were probably imported. Yeah, but then no, 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 no. It has now. to be from the nation. Oh, this can be argued forever though. But this is what an Olympics commission meeting is like. Because they're always saying, like, well, is that Italian actually from Italy? Because he looks suspiciously Mexican <laughs> to me, coming in on his sunburn well, playing. Have, if they have national mariachi music rights, then they can be, right? No. You see, that's the, that's the thing I want to. you got to firm this up because it's getting stupid now. Like, football, as in UK football and European football, is getting obscene because you can have a guy with great, 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 great grandparents that are born in, like, I don't know, Mexico. Oh. And so him as a fully British person can play for Mexico. That that's always been a thing, right? Mm. But in the Olympics, it's harder to do that. It's not impossible, but it's harder. It's got to be first or second generation or whatever. But I think with animals, it's a chance to do this right because the Olympics is basically like where every machismo leader in the world uh or you know rich person wants to see how superior their country is to the, the country next to them. And, you know, the underdog being the smaller countries fighting against the monoliths. Mm. I don't know why Great Britain is considered a monolith when we're a tiny island. Um, but basically, the point is, if you did it just with animals indigenous to the area, not imported, not migrated, none of that, just from the area. What like, if they were migrated, like, uh, from, like, 100 years ago? Because now they're... No, it has to be indigenous to the area. Which means what's interesting, though, is that a wolf that used to be native to this country is still considered native to this country, so even though it's imported from Russia, say. Today. Yeah. And so you have all... Because <laughs> obviously fair. animals don't do drugs. So that, that we know of in the wild. You don't really see, like, foxes dealing, for example. Um, so my point would be... Well, I mean, there are some herbs that if animals eat, they get high. Like catnip. I'm going to ignore that. There's a plant. I'm totally going to ignore I'm, I'm going to ignore what you're saying because it's <laughs> foolish. But what I'm going to say is what I'm going to say is this, right? So you got to cuz you know like there's drug testing. Yeah. Unless you DNA test the animal to see where their roots are. Uh... And not only is it an amazing TV show just to do that. Mm -hmm. Cuz everyone wants to know where this wolf came from. It'd be from. great for the scientific community. And you got the family tree of the wolf and the wolf doesn't care, just wants to eat your face. <laughs> But hey, it's there, right? Uh -huh. um, yeah, 
it'd be a better Olympics. Think about it, because we're we're monopolized. It'd be the cruelest thing in the world. I'm not sure if the RSPCA <laughs> or any like-minded. Well, you wouldn't group. be able to enter dogs in because you the could. way they're bred. No, no, no. You could enter dogs in. You'd but have that'd to have, have like to be a DNA historical... test. Like a bulldog might not be from the UK. It yeah. might be a mix-up of loads yeah, of French yeah, things. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Who knows? Yeah, but that's why it's fun. Because oh. then we rediscover our animals. Okay, enough of this. But you could. The the biggest way you could cheat is if you, um, you know, do a Jurassic Park and bring back T-Rexes. You know, because they'd, they'd probably win a lot of stuff. That would be I think Africa would win a lot more. Olympics. Africa as a continent would win a lot more. Yeah. Because all you'd do is enter a lion. Yeah. The end. <laughs> See you later. Or a hippo. Uh-huh. Hippo in a swim event would be interesting. Oh, they're vicious. They're, they're very fast on land, though. Yeah. They really are. Mm-hmm. But it'd be a very interesting Olympics. <laughs> See, we've got it all wrong. I think what we're trying to do is determine, it's very egocentric, what humans can do. Yeah. And I think it would be a lot more fascinating to see what animals can do. That's my thought. <laughs> what a weird podcast. We've gone <laughs> everywhere on this podcast. Weird. But, you know, I think just putting it out there, it's been two weeks where it's been whatever. We're on this sort of uh, the cusp of having our last phased job done on the old treehouse. After that, it will be a mighty force and we'll be able to use it more. Um, You have to do these things in phases. A lot of stuff has been delayed around the world as well Mm -hmm. because of various things. Uh, So there's that. Yeah, the Brexit thing's been really hellacious for, like, bureaucracy. Yeah. No one can do the extra form. It's really tough, that form. form. (laughs) It's a really tough form. You know, you have to talk about where your car's parked and stuff. It's really conflicting for people. We should have a better two weeks coming up. It's going to be an interesting adventure to talk about the extension, the weapons room that we're building, and the glorious weapons of uh, misdirection that we're creating, which I think is what... Bush meant to say about the Iraq war. We're searching for weapons of misdirection, <laughs> not mass infection. What mass, was he said? Mass destruction. Mass destruction. I wish I would. I know my cousin wouldn't be happy with me, James. Hi, how you doing? But uh, I wish I'd destroy mass. That's a book. What? Weapons of math destruction. And it's about how statistics can be used in such a way to mislead. So, we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, I'll save you all from that. Uh, Unless you're interested in what uh, our producer has to say, text her, let her know, comment and do all of that stuff. We know you won't. We'll see you in two weeks. Take care. Enjoy the rest of the Olympics. And think, wouldn't it be better with animals? I think so. Definitely. And if anyone has a problem with it, we'll simulate it. We'll do it with CGI animals and make Disney pay for it. They've got loads of money. We'll see you in two weeks. Take care, everyone. Bye.